This is Podcast PD, the show that provides you with anytime, anywhere professional development. Our conversations and guests will provide you with the learning you might get in a faculty meeting or on a PD day. Except you'll have more fun with Stacey Lindis, Chris Nessie, and me, AJ Bianco. What is going on, Podcast PD people? Welcome back to another wild and crazy episode. We are here. We are talking tonight about the flipped classroom. So we're going to flip this bad boy on its head. And you're going to listen to this at home and come into your classroom the next day with an assignment to do. No, just kidding. But anyway, here we are. Chris is here. He's not talking. His voice is terrible. So ignore Chris. If you hear him at all, just ignore his voice. But Stacey is here. Hello, Stacey. Hey, AJ. How are you? I am doing wonderful. I'm feeling good. Everything is going well. We have one full week of school until we have a week off. Wait, what? You have a full week off? Yeah, we have a February break. We are lucky to have a February break. Yeah, you are. But I know you're also unlucky that you have like full days when I know we have days off or you have half days when we have days off. So yeah, there there has been some time that we're in school while others are not, but that's okay. It all, it all evens out in the end. Wow. A whole week. That would be amazing. It is going to be good. I got the wife and kids off for two of those days. And then I have a couple of days to myself to uh, do a couple of things around the house to get some other things done. And I will be meeting with Mr. Christopher for a wonderful session on podcasting 101. Are you going to the house of ed tech? No, we are going to South Jersey. This is South Jersey. This is definitely South Jersey. Like where South Jersey? We're going like Monmouth County, South Jersey. That is not South Jersey. South Jersey for me is going to take me two hours. That's South Jersey. Oh my gosh. That's not South Jersey. I need to get you a map. I have to drive south. It's South Jersey. Where are you guys going? Okay, I'll jump in as the producer from behind the scenes in this. Thank you. Forgot the name of the conference. <laughs> I forgot what it was. We're going on February 23rd to Barnegat, and we're presenting Podcasting 101 at the Ocean EdTech Expo. Ah, uh, yes, and I will not be joining you because I will not be here. I'm remembering now. I'm going back into the wings. Where's Barnegat? Bye, Chris. <laughs> Barnegat's a beach town. You'll get over it. You'll be fine. It's and south. It's, cent- it's central Jersey. South. No, if you want to fracture the state a little bit more, it's a shore town. I'll give you that, but it is not South Jersey. Oh, on that my note, goodness. Gonna, it's so simple. We're going to move on. So I don't have a whole week off, but I am very much looking forward to um, just the day off that we have for President's Day. So I'm with you one more week and then a I have a three-day week after that because I'll be away, like I said, for a little bit. So super exciting. So Chris isn't with us today. He's making funny faces at us, though, which is amazing. Um, And we weren't really sure what we were going to talk about today. So I asked AJ what he could share with us. And I think I'm just going to ask him all the questions I have for flipping instruction and um, the flip classroom. What do you think about that, AJ? Let's do it. I, this is something I'm very passionate about. It's something I'm passionate about for going on probably seven or eight years now. So I'm willing to answer anything that you want to throw at me. 
Oh my gosh, this can be like an ask me anything series where sure. you take something that you're passionate about and then we can do this to Chris when he's feeling better and we can ask him anything about um, either higher ed or something that he's super passionate about, maybe podcasting in the classroom. And then we can do an AMA with me. All right. So um, I know you are passionate about this. So let's start with what got you into flipped instruction, how did you start and what changes have you made since you started? I know that's three questions, but I feel like they all go together. They do all go together. So I'll start with the first. What, what got me started on this? Um, to be honest, I was bored with the traditional way I was teaching. And whenever I present this, I'm straight up and very honest with saying that my first five years of teaching, maybe six years, was lecture, lecture, lecture. Here's a textbook. Here's a worksheet. Here's a test. Okay, moving on to the next topic. So after a while, you know, that just got to me. And I looked at my students and I felt bad. Like, of course, I incorporated group work and things like that. But there had to be another way to get students invested in, in what they're learning. And PowerPoint wasn't doing it. Worksheets obviously don't do it. So for me, researching uh, other ways, I came across Twitter, of course. And it was my first foray with Twitter. Uh, from there, I started looking at the Flip Classroom and I started using that. So, um, of course I didn't start right away, just kind of gathering resources. Cause I'm a gatherer. I like to have the knowledge before I just jump in. Uh, I think I started in like January of 2011. Sounds about right. And, uh, we just, we just jumped in from January after I got a little bit uh, more comfortable with the idea of what flip classroom was. And since then, uh, you know, I've tried the, the out of class, let's watch a video, come back to class, let's learn about it, do a project, do some group work. Um, but now I really don't give a lot of homework. I don't give a lot of the work outside of class. So I kind of flip the flip classroom to make it more of a blended learning environment where we are doing a lot of the videos in class, maybe one or two days of instruction, direct instruction in some way, and then two, three days of student work or group work based on the concept that they learned from said videos or articles or uh, hyperdocs. You know, we talked about that before. Um, so that's the way I've been switching it up lately over the last two years. All right. So I guess I should have asked you that first question. So what is the flip classroom? Like? You know, it's funny. You kind of, you, when you asked me that, I was like, huh, you're right. I didn't, you didn't ask me that. And I assume that like people by now know what the flip classroom is because it's such a, a weird concept that people don't know, but it's okay. Uh, the flip classroom is basically taking traditional methods of teaching, whether it be a lecture or a worksheet or textbook work and finding a way to flip the way you teach it and make sure that you have something done, whether it's outside of class for the students. So that they come into class the next day, ready to extend the learning or like I like to do, um, you take something you're going to do a traditional way of teaching and making it more modern and exciting using technology. And it could spread out multiple days instead of just, you know, going over homework for 20 minutes or a quick lesson for 30 minutes. Um, this allows you more student time and interaction between the teachers and students and, um, and a lot of different ideas that can be shared in a classroom. All right. So if I'm wrapping my head around this and I do apologize um, to our audience members for not 
getting that question out to you right away. Um, but we really are kind of flying by the seat of our pants tonight, just kind of having a conversation and I'm picking AJ's brain naturally. And I do know a little bit about flip classroom, but if I'm understanding you correctly, um, it's more like an ELA classroom or what I remember ELA being where we would do the reading outside of class and then we would come in and we'd talk about it. So for you being a social studies teacher, it might be an article to read or um, a video to watch or a concept to explore so that classroom discussion takes place since that can only take place really in the classroom. Is that right? Yeah, basically. I mean, it doesn't have to be just discussion-based. It could be, you know, project-based. So, you know, it could be anything you really want it to turn into. Whatever your desire is that, you know, first you should think of your end goal with the content you're teaching and just find a way from there to make it come to life to students so that they are learning in a different way than just lecture or, you know, we complain about PD with sit and get. So this is the same thing for students. It shouldn't be a sit and get classroom. It should be active. And if you're doing it well, then it's going to be totally student-centered, right? Totally student-centered. You can't just do student-centered because you still have your voice and you, you are still the person with the knowledge and you're still dropping knowledge for students. Um, but, you know, I, I would say my classroom, the way I'm going about it, and please, by all means, I'm not an expert or am I not the expert? I just enjoy doing this. I would say in a given week, 75% is student-driven, 25% is me. Delivering something, whether it's you know 10 minutes of lecture every day or whatever the case may be, but it, I, you have to be there. You have to be present. You have to still be doing things as the educator. And I guess by that, I do mean exactly what you said, where like, it's like a mini focus lesson, but it's not you stage on the stage for your entire class period, whether it be 45, 50, or 60 minutes long. Is that right? Correct. Okay. That is correct. Good, good. All right. So you mentioned um, how you've kind of flipped flipped learning um, and some of your independent work is not done outside of the classroom. In fact, you said most of your student work is not done outside of the classroom that um, you're kind of blending the learning. So for our listeners, tell us the difference between flipped learning and blended learning and how you've adapted, kind of, you know, make it an AJ Bianco special. Well, with a flipped learning, you give them something to do at home, you come in the next day, quickly go over what they did, and then extend the learning based on that. I do not like to really give homework. Um, it's something that I just just lately, I just see too much homework and I don't find a point of it all the time. You know, kids are, kids have a life. You know, we're not the only ones with lives. Kids have sports, kids have plays. You know, I listen to my kids they're like, oh, we have practice at eight o'clock. We have a recital at 10 o'clock. Like you guys are up later than I am sometimes. And when I see kids turning work in at one o'clock in the morning, you know, it's not right to just deliver homework because you want to do something the next day. So I've decided now that I'm blending the flip classroom where I'm giving the work to start the class and I plan my week so that, like I said, two days a week I can do instruction and three days a week I can have some kind of uh, extending projects or debates or mini group discussions or some kind of creation that they can put together, you know, personalizing their learning, whatever the case may be, you know, it's for them to do it. 
Okay, good. And you do this in social studies. Um, talked about some of the videos. Do you create your own videos? Where do you get your resources that you're sharing with your students? You know, I'll be 100% honest. I don't really create a lot of my own stuff. And the reason for that is, and I don't want to sound like I'm lazy, uh, time is a big thing, right? As parents, you know, our, our nights begin when the kids go to sleep. So because I don't have a lot of prep time during the week, I'd use that for planning and grading and, and all the other things that we have to do as teachers. Uh, so when I go home, I start doing my, a lot of my lessons and some things I will create for them quickly, like going over a slideshow or, or you know, using Screencastify for that or creating interactive whiteboard lessons just quick. Um, but really, if I want to get into detail, there are so many people out there who have used their time. And there are so many companies out there who are putting together outstanding videos where they're editing through and they are putting all these pictures and references. Like, I got to be honest, I use a lot of the pre-made stuff. You know, you think of like Khan Academy, their main focus is to help students grow, right? Yes, I know it's my classroom and I should be able to do the same kind of thing so I can connect with my students. But I feel by giving them a video that is not me, by putting my spin on it the next time, talking about it or going through it with groups, I am still connecting with them in a way. I feel like I don't need to be the one always giving them the lesson. Sometimes I want to learn from somebody else. Sometimes my voice is just irritating to them. It's Mr. Bianco 24-7 and it's not what they want. You know, So I feel by using other people's videos that are great, I don't give them like the boring ones from the 80s or 90s that we find on some websites, I try to keep it current with a lot of the people like Hip Hughes History. Shout out to Hip Hughes. His stuff is fantastic. And I love the things that he puts together. You know, uh, Crash Course, another basically quote unquote company that puts out great content. You know, and, and John Green, who's an author, the kids know his name. They get excited. Granted, he does go a little fast sometimes, but I've showed them how to kind of slow down the videos through YouTube so they can do that. And also with the videos, and I forgot to mention this, Edpuzzle has been like my best friend. I was just so, going to ask you about Edpuzzle because that's something that I'm working on with a lot of the teachers in my yeah. building. Edpuzzle is great. Edpuzzle is great. And if you really want to focus on a video and you really want students to you know, have questions to go along with it so you can check for understanding, I use Edpuzzle. Sometimes I'll flip it up. Sometimes I'll use a Google Form and I'll put a video through Google Form and they can do it there. So you know, there's a lot of different ways you could do it. Yeah, the one thing I like about Edpuzzle that my teachers have really latched onto is there's a feature in it that forces the students to have to watch the entire video um, that they can't skip through it. Um, so I think that that's, that's really valuable. I think that's a great piece of it. You know, I think that the kids can, can go through, they can watch, they can pause, they can rewind, they can go back. You know, one of the other things is sometimes my kids are like, can I just stop right now? I don't feel like watching the end of the video. Can I do the other work? If you're logged in with Google or if you have an account, Wherever you leave off, you can pick it up later on. So sometimes if the kids are just too much screen time for them, or whatever the case may be, I tell them to finish it up when they feel like it. You know, it's not going to go away in Edpuzzle because you're connected, they're signed in. So they don't really have problems going back to it later on. Yeah. And so for our listeners, if you're not familiar with Edpuzzle, um, it's a really great application, web-based application, where you can take videos either from YouTube, Vimeo, or they have a plethora of other videos that you can watch. Khan Academy is, is like Iggy was saying earlier, um, one of the options. And you can um, 
create a video clip for your students to watch in its entirety, or you have the ability to cut off from either end or both ends to shrink the video down to a more manageable chunk of time. And then you can add voiceovers, you can do an audio, um, um, you can kind of dub over it, and then you can ask multiple choice, open-ended, um, and qu questions like that throughout. So you can use it um, as formative and or somewhat of assessment, depending on your purpose. So, and, and one other thing that you can do with it, if you do want to do your own videos, if you do want to add some interactive whiteboards, you know, Screencastify and um, the awwapp.com, if you want to create something like that, you can then add that to your YouTube channel and then upload that to Edpuzzle. So you can still customize a video, even though it's your video. You know, you can ask questions during your own lesson. If you want to make your own, you don't like to steal people's stuff. You know, you can do that as another option too. keep it simple. Don't you don't have to use iMovie or we video every time. Keep it simple. So AJ, I know you've pre presented on this before and you've shared this in workshops and um, other PD opportunities. Do you ever talk to other content area teachers about, you know, what we video or not we video, I'm sorry, what um, flipped learning can do for them in their classrooms? That depends on the content that you are referring to. Give me so, a content level. Cause I live with one who is trying to flip their classroom. And right, right. so tell me, all right. So, all right. You're talking about Jamie and she's a math teacher. Mm -hmm. So what does it look like in the math classroom? I think the math classroom, it's hard to use those pre-made videos, right? Because not everybody teaches, when I speak for math, because that's what I hear from her, um, not everybody is using the same kind of ideas that you use. So for my wife, when she makes a video, she uses a lot of the interactive whiteboards and she'll use Screencastify or you know Pixie Clip so she can draw and create something or she'll have a slideshow with notes that she'll just talk through so students can consume the content that way. And then the next day come to class or work on it later in class where they're, you know, doing something together, maybe in stations or as mini groups. All right. And I take it for ELA, it's got to be pretty easy. It's very, you know, the humanities kind of lend themselves to being very similar. Yeah. And I think another thing you talk about ELA, another thing that we can do flip in the classroom, we focus so much on videos. It's not just videos. I also, and I know the, the language art teacher in my school we use uh, News ELA or Newzella, however you want to call it. Yeah. Newzella, Right. We can use that and make that part of our flip learning. Uh, Common Lit is a new one out there. Common Lit is great. It's probably my new favorite right now. It does the same thing as Newzella, but I think there's a little bit more to it right now because they're new. Uh, Common Lit is great. Um, so you can use your articles there where students are working on that. And with Common Lit, it can actually play the article or the poem for the student so they can listen to it instead of reading an article. So just another option for them, you know, podcasts. Hey, let's do podcasts in our classroom. Yay. Podcasts. Can you add your own questions to Newzella and, and common lit? No, no. Okay. Uh, just well, okay. Hold on. Let, let me, let me go back to the actual common lit. No, they give you things. Okay. You have the ability to download the article as a PDF. So I have been doing that. I've been taking those PDFs, making Google Docs out of them and putting my own questions. Gotcha. That's cool. Something I want you guys to explore or you to explore um, is insert learning because I think that that is a nice way to 
flip your classroom as well and kind of blend what's already existing. Um, and I see you nodding. So I know you know about it. Go ahead and tell our listeners what what's in that show. Well, I haven't actually played with that one enough, but I know that you can basically take websites and make them interactive. Am I correct yeah, in saying that? Absolutely. So I had a social studies teacher show me um, what she was doing with it in her classroom. And it's basically an extension. Your kids sign up and I equate it to hyperdocs. And when we talked about hyperdocs in episode 17, um, but you're doing it on, you're not, you're not doing it on a, a Google doc, but you're just doing it on the internet. So like if, like for you, if you find something that's, you know, a really great site on ancient Egypt and ancient Mesopotamia or something like that, you can go in and in, within that site, you can ask questions that the kids have to answer. You can add a discussion board area where the kids can talk to each other and all of that can exist independently for each kid. So if you, Chris and I are part of the same class, we can have the same discussion board, but as we're answering questions, um, we're doing that independently. And so it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. And I really, really recommend that you check out Insert Learning. Um, there's a, it's freemium. So there's a free version. And then um, with the premium version, you get a few extras. So yeah. super cool. That sounds really cool. And like you said that as well, and we talk about the discussion board, one of my favoritist tools. Yes, I said favoritist. I love it. Uh, for flip learning is none other than Padlet. Oh, like, that's brilliant. Padlet right now is like my hot tool. I love Padlet and they had just totally revamped the entire site. Again. They can add images. They can add video. They can add sound. Can This is great because now students can be home, leave a response and just move on with their day. You know, I know Flipgrid is there to leave a response. I just find Padlet so attractive right now. Yeah, I've been using it often. I love the columns so the kids can respond wherever they want to. So, you know, again, I don't want to just keep throwing tools at my kids. So like to have them just use a tool they've already been using since September. Now that Padlet's changed, Padlet is like my hot tool. And the kids are like, we're using this again. I'm like, ah, but you can do this now. Yeah. And then they get excited. And Oh my goodness. That's so simple. It is so simple. They've made some amazing um, additions. Like you said, in the beginning of the year, they added shelves, which are the columns. Mm -hmm. And um, I thought that was spectacular just for organization and keeping mm -hmm. things looking neat and fresh. And this new feature where it does behave like Flipgrid or Recap, um, that's a great tool. And like you're saying, you know, use one tool really, really well and exhaust its possibilities. And, you know, I like I like when you don't have to you know, know your way around all the tools to get the same results. So Absolutely. totally down with that. Um, we only have a few more minutes left, but um, I want to add, I know that as far as flipping the classroom goes, I have a couple of teachers who probably aren't flipping, but are blending much like you're talking about. Mm -hmm. um, and Edpuzzle was their tool, but I want to give a shout out to um, the special area classrooms where you know, I think sometimes we forget that, you know, they exist um, and, you know, to include them in this type of professional learning. But I have an art teacher and a couple of life skills teachers who use videos in their classrooms to, um, you know, kind of, you know, um, 
to help aid instruction. You know, I have an art, my art teacher will record herself doing the lesson that she would normally do in class. And it saves her time. The kids can watch it independently. So if she's doing a lesson on shading, the kids will watch the shading lesson. If it's an ed puzzle, they're forced to watch the whole thing. Um, and then, you know, then she has time to do more small group or one-on-one instruction for kids who might need um, some finessing or some fine-tuning of the skill that they're learning. And then I have the same thing with some life skills teachers who, you know, they don't necessarily want to come up with their own videos, have found a couple of really good YouTube videos. And Edpuzzle has allowed them to kind of, you know, um, interject when the video is not quite 100% perfect, kind of like what Jamie goes through with her math. Like that's Mm -hmm. not how I would teach it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they were doing something with um, threading a needle and sewing on a button. And they were like this in this video, this is how they're doing it. But note that when we do this in the classroom, we want you to do it this way. Um, It's just kind of nice that you have these tools that kind of, you know, make it so that you're not always up there delivering the same lesson. You know, you have kids coming in and out of class all the time, whether it's for music or whatever, um, they can go back and get the instruction that they missed. So blending, flipping, totally um, something to explore. What kind of resources are out there? Oh, there is a lot of resources. Like, there, I mean, I, I would still have people reach out to me. I'm not considering myself a resource. I'm still saying reach out to me because I still, I still want to learn. You know, I still want to learn other ways that people are using the flip classroom. I think going on Twitter, um, you're going into a Twitter chat, uh, blended learning is a big one and still flipping the classroom. Uh, look into that because I think blended learning, flipping the classroom is part of that. So I think that goes hand in hand. So you should really look at that. And some of the books out there, blended or blended learning in action is where I got a lot of ideas from. Um, but there are so many, so many resources out there that you can jump on. But like I said, my start was Twitter. That's awesome. And like you said, our listeners can come to you. We'll have all of the books that you listed in the show notes. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. All right. So now we're going to talk about what we are listening to. AJ, what are you listening to? Okay, so... I know this is about podcasting and I'm going to, I'm going to do two because Chris isn't here. So I'm going to do two. Um, <laughs> we have to fill the, all that hot, that gotta, air. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> oh, I heard that. I heard that. Oh, that was, that, uh, that slipped I corrected out. myself. Yeah. You corrected yourself. All right. So right now, one of the things I'm listening to, um, I'm going to give a special shout out to uh, a podcaster who I definitely enjoy. And that's Kelly Croy. Uh, I've mentioned his, the wired, wired ed, Okay. Wired Educator. Thank you. Wired Educator Podcast. Um, sorry about that, Kelly. Um, <laughs> but I, I have jumped onto his new podcast, and it's called The Future Focused Podcast. And I like the new spin that he's thrown out there with this podcast. And it's really discussing a, a lot of goal orientation and, and, and really focusing on yourself and making yourself better. So I guess it's more like a self-help because a lot of the podcast that he's been uh, generating – through the future focus podcast has been about you know accountability or goal setting uh his latest episode number seven is the six core elements of leadership and you know as we talked about as an inspiring leader uh it's a big deal for me so i was listening to that and i really appreciate the ideas he was sharing in that podcast so give the future focus podcast a try 
Again, his latest one from February is the six core elements of leadership. That's episode number seven. The second thing I'm listening to, and Stacey, you'd be proud of me. I am starting an audiobook. Um, Yay! What yeah. book is it? And what are you listening to it on? Okay, I know it's so, your phone, but like. Yeah, yeah, well, I'll listen. But um, you had recommended back in the day Overdrive. And for yep. some reason, it stopped working with my library, so I couldn't log in anymore. So I was playing around and I saw somebody else posted this this site called this app Hoopla. H O O P L A. So I never heard of it before. So I jumped on it. I log in with my library number. Um it hooks up my library and I can get the books that I need for my library. So I can get ebooks or I can get audiobooks. So right now I am about to start Michael Hyatt's Your Best Year Ever. So it's a little intimidating looking at it. It's a four hour, four and a half hour audiobook. But, you know, I started listening to the preview of it. So I kind of like where it's going. So I'm excited to actually sit down. And I figure if I do it during my prep period while I'm getting some work done, I can do it in four days. See how it goes. I'm excited, though. Very cool. Yeah, I have Hoopla and I've used it. And four hours is nothing. Do you have the ability to speed things up on that app? Uh, I believe so. It, It did give me I didn't play with the app very much because I just kind of, like I said, listened to the the uh, preview of it, but I believe you can speed it up a little bit. I was playing with it. Yeah, I actually was. I was on it for at one and a half speed. Okay, because, good. Because You'll get through that book very quickly then if it's only four hours. Sweet. Um, yeah, that's yeah, so exciting. Reading, and Michael Hyatt always has good ever. stuff. Yeah, good, absolutely. Good. I can't wait. And I so have on my good. waiting list. Yeah, good. Go what's, on, God, what's on your waiting list? Oh, I got it ready to go once I finish Michael Hyatt. I'm reading my dude. Gary Vaynerchuk, crush it. So I can't wait nice. for that one. Yeah, another audiobook. So I got two audiobooks taken after you. That's awesome. All righty. Um, so like you, I have been listening to a lot of audiobooks. Um, I just finished all three Robert Galbraith books in a week. Um, so you got to give me a little bit more of that. I don't know what that is. All right. So. Robert Galbraith is, um, or Galbraith, I honestly don't know how to say it. Um, he is, well, his name is a pseudonym for J.K. Rowling, and she wrote a, a series of mysteries um, based in London. I'm not much of a mystery reader. I haven't read much mystery since I was in high school, and I used to read a lot of Mary Higgins Clark. Um, but this is highly intriguing. It's just totally captivating and this old um army guy in england kind of becomes a pi and he goes on the case to solve some murders there has been i believe a murder in each yeah there's been a murder in each book this last one was kind of creepy actually they've all been kind of creepy last two were especially creepy with some weird um some weird themes that it just kind of strikes me as odd that J.K. Rowling is exploring just because I love her for all of her Harry Potter goodness. Um, and um, yeah, so those books are each 15 or 16 hours. So you've got this four-hour book. You'll be fine. I'm complaining about a four-hour book. You're talking about a 16-hour book? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but again, I listened to it on one and a half speed, so I got through it very quickly. Right. I think I started it Thursday, and I finished it today. <laughs> So, and That's as cool. far as podcasting goes, 
I got hooked on um, a, a new podcast. Well, new to me. It's in its second season. It's called By the Book. Have I mentioned mm. that one yet on the show? I don't believe so. I've never heard of that one before. So, um, I like podcasts that are about books. I've, I know I've talked about, um, what should I read next, but by the book is not only a podcast about books, but it's a podcast about self-help books. And the two hosts spend two weeks living life by the book. So their first episode, which was their pilot episode was on the secret. They read the secret. They in in their in like the first part of the show, they give you um what the steps are. Like they map out what the self help book is telling you to do. So for the secret, it's about gratitude and putting out your positive thoughts and having the laws of attraction come to you. And um, then for two weeks, they live by the book, and they talk about what week one was like and what week two was like, and then they give their verdict in the end. Like, so would they recommend this book? Are they recommending this book? You know, how has life changed since they, you know, have lived by the book. Um, and then what's really cool is the next episode is a shorter, um, they call it a mini sode, which I think is cute. Mm -hmm. And it's the epilogue. Um, and just, you know, like what new thoughts do they have about how the book worked for them or didn't work for them? So they've done really interesting books like um um uh, bored and brilliant which is actually what made me listen to it um manush namarodi of note to self was talking about how they and well i need to break in right here and this isn't the chris who's in the episode this is the version of chris who is editing this episode after the fact and i have to be upfront and apologize because the rest of this episode does not exist, not because of anything controversial or anything inappropriate that was said, but for whatever reason, I just do not have the recording. So here's a little podcast PD professional development on podcasting. So in this episode, I recorded a majority of the episode, the first 26 minutes of the episode using zoom.us using zoom.us for free allows a user to have a meeting for up to 45 minutes so in getting on the call with stacy and aj we talked for about 10 minutes before we started recording our episode now the reason we decided to try zoom.us is because it allowed or it now allows a user to record each participant in the video call and get the audio of each individual person, which is nice as a podcast editor to have everybody on their own individual track. When we reached that time limit, we switched over, according to this episode, at around the 26 minutes and 20 second mark, we, we switched over to a Google Hangout to finish out the episode. At the 33 minute and 40 second mark, my recording just stopped. Not while we were recording. I had believed that I recorded it all the way through to the end. What is the lesson and value here? Hey, it's okay. We can probably get it to work in the future, uh, and we are not going to be discouraged by it. It is actually a little embarrassing as somebody who has been podcasting for four years to not be able to complete the episode. But 
as I say on the house of a tech, you know, using technology isn't difficult, you know, just give it a try. And we found something, we gave it a try in terms of how it relates here on podcast PD, uh, Stacy, AJ and myself, we will not be discouraged by my failure, basically in order to continue to provide you value as our way to make it up to you. Uh, I'm going to include the new bonus segment where, again, we still don't have a name for it. So if you have a name for it, please reach out to us, you know, on social media or feedback at podcastpd.com. Here is uh, another podcast promo, another one from our very own Education Podcast Network. We are going to turn it over to Daniel Bauer from Better Leaders, Better Schools. And we will see you guys in a couple of weeks when we release our next episode, episode number 24 of Podcast PD. Thank you for listening. Again, I'm sorry. But for now, here is some information about Better Leaders, Better Schools from Daniel Bauer. This is Danny Sunshine Bauer, host of the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast. Shout out to Chris, Stacy, and AJ. Thank you for inviting me to contribute to today's episode. Uh, we're going to answer just a few questions. Why I started podcasting, why I continue to podcast, and how have I, my PLN, or students benefited from my podcast? So why did I start? Uh, this was back in September 2015. I started Better Leaders, Better Schools. And the whole idea was to go deeper uh, and be more authentic about issues in education and leadership. I was transitioning from a role where I was an instructional coach to an assistant principal and I knew where I wanted to be as a leader, and I knew where I currently was. And there was a gap. I wanted to close that gap. And I figured if I were to talk to people with much more experience, and we could unpack their greatest failures and lessons learned in terms of education and leadership, I would really benefit. Why do I continue to podcast? Because I think this topic is extremely valuable. And back in September 2015, uh, there wasn't too many people exploring that topic, although there was a few. One of my favorites being Jethro Jones and Transformative Principle Podcast. Uh, so I continue to put it out because people are responding to the message. Uh, they're enjoying each episode. The downloads tell me that. And so it's just something that I, I really like. So if people are still getting value and the downloads continue to increase, uh, the emails, the tweets say, hey, keep it up, then I'm absolutely going to continue the podcast. Finally, how have I, my PLN or students benefited from my podcast? Uh, I've grown tremendously. I mean, having these conversations with absolutely high class leaders has pushed me in my own leadership thinking. And the neat thing about that is then I take that and implement and act on that in my own leadership practice. Joe Calloway says that a vision without implementation is hallucination. I'm not into creating a fake reality for myself. I want to be very robust and honest and rigorous in terms of where I'm at in my own leadership practice, and I want to get better every single day. I'm not too concerned with the end result. I'm concerned with what I'm doing in the next five minutes, the next 30 minutes today. And I think if I follow the process, the results will absolutely follow. So I've grown a lot. I know people that listen have grown a lot. And then I could take those lessons and share them with people I work with uh, in the mastermind as well. People can find me all over the place, social media at Alien Earbud. That's an anagram for Daniel Bauer. Mix up the letters and you get 
a funky new handle like Alien Earbud. And you can check me out at betterleadersbetterschools.com. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Podcast PD. For links to all of the resources mentioned in this and every episode, please visit our website at podcastpd.com. You can connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at AJBianco. And I also blog at AJBianco.me. You can connect with me on Twitter. I am Mr. Nessie. And I would love it if you also checked out the House of EdTech podcast over on chrisnessy.com. You can connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at irontech, and I blog at irontech.me. Connect with Podcast PD on Twitter and Instagram at Podcast PD. We would also love to have you as a member of our Facebook community. Go to podcastpd.com slash Facebook to join. You can also help us reach more educators like you by telling someone else about the podcast. So share us with your colleagues. And if you do it on social media, please tag us. Podcast PD is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. For more podcasts, visit edupodcastnetwork.com. Podcast PD is a proud member of Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right here. For more great content, go to voiceed.ca.